On today's show, I'll be talking with Kirsty Long. She's got a brand new song and video out called Boys in Jersey. It's a really exciting follow-up to some music she's been putting out over the last year. Got a lot of momentum and hopefully a lot of thoughts on what's happening there in New Jersey. So welcome to the show. Hi. Hey, Kirsty, first of all, love your name. I hope I hope after a year since I last talked to you, I'm still pronouncing it correctly. You have to, yeah, you're pronouncing it correctly. It's a cool name. Uh, I think I asked you before, what's the craziest pronunciation you've ever got of your name? I had a substitute teacher who refused to believe that it was pronounced Kirsty. She said that since it was spelled with a J, that it was Kajersasai. So that was a <laughs> tiny bit traumatic, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so distinct. I think it's great in music to have something that's uniquely your own. I agree. It is a fun, unique name, and it does it gets a lot of questions, which are fun to answer. When I last talked to you, you had put out a very moving cover of the Beatles classic, Eleanor Rigby, and you were getting a lot of attention for that. I know you do a lot of live performing, especially, you know, post-COVID. It seems like you've gotten back into that more. So uh, in a nutshell, since I last talked to you, uh, how much live performing have you been doing? So with COVID, there's a little bit of a, a stopping point in October of like 2021 or 2020. I had a small performance out in Utah. And then just recently, I was... I was asked to come back for the Boys of Summer tour. I was on the Boys of Summer tour the year that COVID happened, when everything was shut down. And so they asked me to come back, and I got to perform five or six shows out in the East Coast, and it was a blast. Nice, because that's where you really shine. I mean, some people are studio musicians, uh, not quite as good live, but you know, you're someone in this age of auto-tune, you don't need auto-tune. You don't need any kind of artificial enhancement. Just you on stage with that microphone. You know, you're a real powerhouse. Thank you so much. I do enjoy performing live over in the studio. The studio can get a little tedious, but, like, there's no, like, caffeinated drink or, like, drug you can take that'll that'll cause the adrenaline rush that you get when you're on stage. Well, there's this amazing quote, uh, a producer named Van Dean, and I'm reading this off your website. I think he gave you one of the highest compliments. He said, following in the footsteps of Ann Wilson, Pat Benatar, and Janis Joplin is rock prodigy Kirsty Long with Moves Like Jagger. <laughs> It is one of my favorite quotes I've gotten. You know, and, and for someone so young, first of all, you know, that anyone your age, you know, knows who those people are. You know, they're classics. I always assume everyone knows who these people are. But, you know, going, I think, Janis Joplin, you know, the farthest back. Uh, right. Did you grow up with these people? And do you still have an appreciation for, you know, the classic women in rock? Oh, yeah, definitely. My dad is very into 80s rock. So from a young age, I was I was shoved into 80s rock. And it's I think it's got to be one of the best types of music. 
Like, it doesn't compete to the music we have today, but it's gone, which is sad, so we have to deal with with some pop, but it's definitely one of the best types of music, and I have dealt with it since I was little. Well, not dealt with, enjoyed since I was enjoyed. little. Embraced. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you think of 80s rock, you know, heart... I wouldn't say a comeback because they've, you know, always been in vogue, but, you know, they had their big hits in the 70s, but came back so big in the 80s and had, you know, probably the greatest power ballad of all time, Alone, which you've embraced and almost seems like one of your signature songs. It is. It's one of my favorite to sing. It's such a beautiful song. I've actually got to see her perform it live twice, which was a dream for me and she's so incredible so incredible well when you've got a voice as big as yours and you've made such an impact you know so early in your career it's interesting that you picked a song like boys in jersey which shows off your voice but it also shows off more of just a fun pop side of you you know was there something where you said okay you know i'm i've done such dramatic heavier music i just want to have fun with this one yeah it's me and my dad write most of my music and it's it's kind of difficult writing happy songs we tried really hard with not your princess which is one of our first singles that came out and then we started writing all of these like really deep emotional ones we were like we gotta switch it up we need something happy but we were like okay let's do a love song and i was like ugh. I, I don't think I can write a love song. All the boys in Jersey kind of suck. And that's where it kind of pop. We were like, oh, yeah, the boys in Jersey kind of suck. And then we wrote a whole song about it. Oh, dear. How have the boys in Jersey responded to this? Well, I don't think. Well, it all depends on how you look at it. It can. We originally wrote it as a the jocks and the like jerky boys they suck but if you if you don't have that mindset going into the song you can kind of see it as like oh shout out to the boys in jersey like they're so nice and kind so it's whatever you take it as if you think oh wow the boys in jersey are amazing then you can look at the song like yeah there's the jocks and the band kids that are kind of annoying but most people in jersey are good or if you need a oh i hate boys song then you can see it that way you know, for people who live outside of New Jersey, we still have that impression of Jersey Shore, both both the guys and gals in that. And is that accurate? I mean, no, not entirely. It's the people that choose to embrace the the boxes and the social norms where it's like, oh, you're a jock, so you have to act like a jock. I know lots of boys out in Jersey that are super nice and super kind. It's just the ones that are stereotypical or that you see and you're like, why are you acting like every Disney character, like bad guy ever? That it kind of becomes <laughs> a, oh, that's kind of annoying. Like, like the, the thing I'm remembering from that show is, you know, a lot of swagger, a lot of gold chains and a lot of visits to the tanning salon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do people still tan out there or or have they kind of gotten over that? I am not sure. I lived in like 
the woods up in like central Jersey. I was never really near the shore unless I was performing. So I'm not sure if they still tan, but it gets pretty hot out there. So I don't know if it's necessary to tan yourself. Well, your lyrics are really fun in this. And one that really caught my ear was uh, like, you want to love like when Leo kissed Kate, which I'm assuming is a reference to the movie Titanic. It is. We tried very, very hard to find a more modern reference that kids my age would notice, but Leo and Kate, they'd like clicked and we were like, we can't change it. Also, I've never seen the Titanic because my dad, he, um, when he was young, he had a rule that he couldn't see the Titanic. And so he went behind his mom's back and took a girl on a date to go see Titanic. And afterwards, the girl came up to my dad's parents at church and said, thank you so much for letting me go out with your son to go see Titanic. And my dad was grounded for months. And so oh, our family, no. I, all of our kids have never seen Titanic, but we have the Titanic story that we like to tell. So it's, a memorable line for me because I've never seen the movie, but I do have a connection to it in my family. Okay. You must have seen like a little scene on YouTube or something. I have seen scenes of it, yeah. <laughs> so maybe like, did he say like when you're 18, you can go see it? Yes, yeah, something like that. Okay. That is pretty funny though, that that's such a big lyric in the song and you've never seen Titanic. <laughs> it is pretty ironic. Well, what else was fun about writing this song? You know, what was something new that you got to try out? Well, the way that we wrote it was very different. Usually the way that we write stuff, it's very the first lyric that comes to mind. And then we write a whole section based on that. And then we try to connect the next lyric that comes to mind. But the way we wrote this was we started listing all of the annoying stereotypes. We were like, okay, jocks. And then we wrote a whole section about jocks. And then we said, okay, band kids. And we wrote, well, I am a band kid, which kind of was a personal jab to me, but <laughs> band kids. And we wrote about how annoying band kids can be. And then we talked about rich kids and we wrote a whole section about how annoying rich kids could be. And just the way that it flowed so naturally, even though we wrote it in like sections was super neat. Well, do you think one thing that's nice, it seems like there's a trend where young people now don't feel quite as pressured to start dating early on. Do you think part of this whole thing is, you know what, you know, maybe we can wait a few more years until these guys mature a little bit? Yes. I do think that you you have to wait to like, when you're a kid, your brain isn't developed as much. You don't have the knowledge that you need to be a smart, sensible adult. And so when you date someone at the age of 15 or 16, you're more likely to have a Ugh, moment than if you date them when you're older. Doesn't it be nice just to have that pressure off? Like when you talk to your friends, is there like a consensus of, you know what, we're just all going to wait for a while? Yeah. Also, I'm a part of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and it's sort of like a not a rule it's a guideline that we've decided that we should probably wait as teenagers till we're 16 to date which is super nice because 
if people are like, oh, why aren't you dating? You can just be like, well, because I believe that you shouldn't date till 16. And it's also super nice because you don't have the pressure of, oh, you should date. Oh, you should date. Because people are just like, oh, she's a member of the church. She believes this and you, you can't push her on that. So I have like a set guideline in my head of what I want to be and how I want to act when I'm older. And it kind of helps so that I don't get pressured into other things. And you also think it's nice that time that you might be spending on dating or, you know, agonizing over crushes and, and different things that you can use that time and energy in your music and other people your age, if you took that same time and energy, they could be, you know, studying for their SAT or just working on something they enjoy. Yes, I totally agree. There's a lot of time spent going, oh, I have to ask this guy out or, oh, I've got to go on a date when you could be trying to build yourself physically and um, mentally. And I, we kind of take away from that to pursue dating. <laughs> so how do you think the Jersey boys are thinking about the Jersey girls? What do you think would be their main gripe? Um... So, there is a lot of stereotypical Jersey girls. I could write a whole song about the stereotypical <laughs> Jersey girls. I think their main gripe would be, oh gosh, I don't know. There are There is a lot of stuff that's like, ugh. But if you get to know a Jersey girl, they're not that bad. I guess it's the same with the Jersey boys. If you get past the, wow, that's so annoyingly stereotypical, you get into like their actual personality and you can be like, oh, okay, so if you take away the stereotype, you're actually a really cool dude. Mm -hmm. And you think in general, that's the thing is getting past the stereotypes. Yes, that is a very big problem that we have. I feel like a lot of kids these days as they're raised, it's either you have to be a jock, you have to be a nerd, you have to be, and they take that stereotype and they're like, okay, that is my personality when it doesn't have to be. Now, the video shows uh, a lot of nice scenery. Was that all shot in Jersey? Yes, it was all shot in Jersey. So is that pretty typical, like you going out with your girlfriends and either hanging out outdoors, going to the mall? Like, like how do you like to spend time with your girlfriends? So... <laughs> I am... Oh gosh, that's a really hard question because I just moved to Utah and I oh, haven't, okay. haven't had my my uh, group yet. I played volleyball last year, so I've had my my volleyball teammates, but I only really saw them when we were on the volleyball court. And usually I spend my time like watching movies with them or I had a friend who's really interested in music. I wrote a song with her. So I don't really know since I'm kind of new to Utah, but I'm hoping I can find some cool things to do with some friends. Now that's a big deal at 15 and in high school to suddenly change schools. You know, what's that transition been like for you? So we didn't actually change schools. The school that I'm going to is a, it has a, 
district education so you can watch online from oh sorry distance education and you can watch online from all over the world so it was just odd going from online school to public because okay. on online you just the teacher and when you're in public school you have to interact with the kids which is a whole lot different but it is a bit of a shock mm -hmm. well one thing about utah very beautiful state I just think of Salt Lake City, but there's a lot more to the state than just Salt Lake. Oh, yeah, it is really pretty. We went down to um, Lake Powell a little while ago and the Red Rock, like as you're going down on the boats, like watching the Red Rock just like around you. It's so beautiful. Well, coming from New Jersey, you got a great rock tradition you know, Bon Jovi and, and many more. So when you go to Utah, like what's their music tradition there? So surprisingly, there are a lot of musicians that do come out of Utah. One of them being Imagine Dragons. Okay. Is from Utah. Uh, shoot. Well, that's a big one. Trees is from Utah. We have a lot of people that go to AGT. A lot of America's Got Talent artists are from utah but it's super hard being out in the middle of nowhere you don't have a lot of connections so there's a lot of great musical talent in utah but it's usually put towards musical theater or um acting because we utah has a huge and a great musical theater and acting program now is that something you'd like to pursue is musical theater no i think i'm good performing just singing i i have tried and i do dabble in acting in musical theater but it is a lot more nerve-wracking I, I don't understand why because it's basically the same thing but when i get on stage to perform it's a lot easier than getting on stage to act mm -hmm. at least you know if you have your own band or if you're a solo performer you get to have more control over the experience for the audience Yes, it is very true. And I know one thing is, it seems like besides, you know, writing new music, you do like to pay tribute to your favorite songs. And it seems like you really do like performing cover songs. I love performing cover songs so much. It, why, why, why fix what's not broken? Mm -hmm. Well, now that you're delving into pop a little more, I, you know, pop-oriented cover songs? Yes. I think you cut out a little bit, but I'm going to guess the question was, are there any pop covers? Yes. So I did release a song, a cover called Graveyard, and it's by Halsey. She released it in 2018, 2019, I believe. I did turn it a little more rock, but it is originally a pop song. The thing is with pop songs, they're very hard to do with live bands. Like Boys in Jersey and some of my newer stuff that's coming out. When I performed on tour, we did it with tracks because of the like mechanical computerized um, like stuff that was added to it. Mm -hmm. But I... I love performing with a band, so a lot of times pop covers that I take, 
I do turn them a little more rock. Well, that's kind of fun, too, to hear an original interpretation that that's unexpected. Yeah, it is so much fun to take covers and add your own little twist, because then you've got, let's say if it's heart, you've got Ann Wilson and Nancy, but then you also have a little bit of me added in. Mm -hmm. So where would you draw the line, like on, on what type of music? Do you think no that that just wouldn't fit me? Um I can't rap for the life of me. Uh-huh. Rap music is so cool and like I I love how it sounds with rock artists. Like Linkin Park and Jay-Z did a a numb and encore. They did like a mashup of their two songs and it's one of my favorite songs to listen to and it's so impressive. But I can't, I can't rap to save my life. Sure. Well, also, uh, now that you're in Utah, are you collaborating? Because it seems like that would be a really great way to make friends and, and colleagues in a new place. So are you putting yourself out there to either jam or record with musicians there? Yeah. Um, there is an AGT artist. America's Got Talent. Her name is Kennedy Dodds, and we're really good friends with her family. And so in COVID, like October, the performance I had October 2021, I think, I performed with her. It is a very funny story. We performed Barracuda together. She's a country artist. And so she's, she's performing like a country artist would, super chill and laid back, and she's got great stage presence. And I'm jamming out like a rock would and she brings her her head down and i socked her in the head with my hand on accident she was fine it wasn't that hard of a hit but we couldn't keep it together because we were trying so hard not to laugh while we're trying to sing it was such a blast performing with her she's a really sweet girl and you should check her music out it's amazing well since you do have so much live experience it sounds like you've probably been through everything on stage, and at this point, nothing would phase you. Yeah, I mean, some stuff is still like, whoa, that happened. But yeah, I've, I've done a lot. I've been on stage a long time, so I've done a lot of crazy stuff. Like, what's been the most challenging thing to overcome on stage, whether like technical difficulty or, you know, um, I don't know, some some crazy audience thing happening. Like, like what's been the, the hardest thing to overcome? I think the craziest thing was getting my bracelet stuck in my hair halfway through alone, actually. I was singing alone, and I have this oh bracelet that it, like, twists onto your wrist. And I went to go, like, pull my hair back and run my fingers through my hair, and it got caught. So I had to sing alone with my like hand all the way up to my head. And then afterwards I was like, one second guys. And the whole band had to come and help me get my hair out of the, um, out of the wristband, which was, which was pretty funny. I feel like I handled it well. But another thing that happened at that same performance, I was playing, it was one of the first times I've ever played the piano. And I was playing the piano and singing with the song and the mic stand refused to stay. So I was like, play a chord, move the mic stand up. Play a chord, move the mic stand up. And it worked really well, and the song was beautiful. 
And stuff like, well, you got to be creative. You got to figure out ways that you can still perform to the best of your ability for the audience, but also deal with the problems that are coming. It's actually, it kind of adds a fun aspect to performing when you have to deal with goofy little mistakes like that. Sure. And, you know, having a sense of humor helps. And don't you also find the audience doesn't notice that as much as you do? Yeah, I have noticed that. Like, I'll be like, oh, I, that just happened on stage. And my dad will be like, really? I didn't notice that. So it's yep. it's huge different being on stage and like feeling the stuff that's going on than being from the audience and watching it. Well, do you have like someone like your dad or, you know, other you know, people in the audience, you know, or family that gives you some feedback afterwards saying, oh, that was really great. Or, oh, wow, technically you need to watch for this. Yes, my dad and my mom are my uh, my helpers. They give my constructive criticism. Most of the times it's that was really good. But you need to fix this or that was really good. And there was this little problem that you did in this song. But most of the time, when I get off stage, it's super like, wow, good job. And then, like, later the next day, they'll be like, okay, here's some tips. So that it's not like you get off stage and they're like, wow, berating you with all the stuff that you need to fix. But it is super helpful to have somebody to give you criticism. Because from on stage and with the adrenaline, you don't know what you sound like. I mean, you can hear yourself in the speakers, but with so much noise that's going on, it's a little difficult to figure out what's going on or how that you, it's almost like a, like a dream. You get on stage and you get off stage and you're like, whoa, what just happened? And so it's super nice to have somebody come in and explain what you did right and what you did wrong and how to correct it. So it is very, very helpful. Yeah, because that's nice because, and not just for music, but anything online that people put out there, and it could just be, you know, someone with a how-to YouTube video, it seems like you either get tons of praise or just people being very dismissive. And it yeah. seems like it's really hard to find someone who's actually very um, knowledgeable, who knows enough to give you some pointers or who has a really good ear to say, you are great, but you got to watch out. The piano was a little out of tune that night. Yeah. My dad comes to me, comes uh, with me to most of my vocal uh, practices or vocal instructors, instructors, <laughs> instructors. And so mm -hmm. when they instruct me to do stuff, my dad goes, oh, writes it then like, you know, writes it down on his phone. So he knows the stuff that the vocal teacher said that that needs to be like worked on. So then my dad can look for that specifically. Well, do you find that since you're still relatively young, I mean, 15, you know, most people don't even, you know, go out on the professional music scene until out of high school. Do you feel like this is a special time when you can still experiment, you can still uh, forge a unique sound as opposed to, you know, in five years from now when people will expect, you know, a fully formed, okay, you're a pro now. Do you feel like you get a little grace period now where you can experiment and have a little leeway? Yeah, a little bit. It's more not experimenting, I think, more of like a what do you want to be as an artist? And since I'm 15, it's super like, 
ooh, I like that idea. Ooh, I want to be that. I want to do this. And it's just trying to figure out how to mesh everything that I want to be and how I want to look and how I want to seem on stage and meshing it into one consecutive artist. Because you can always change, but at a certain point you are a little bit locked in. Yes. If you have a fan base, they have an expectation of you. So do you feel like once you locked in, you better really like what you've picked? Yes, I do think that you should really like what you, but I mean, look at Taylor Swift. She chose country and she grew as a country artist and she had a huge fan base. And then she said, I want to go pop. And those who were like, mm, that's not me. They left her fan base, but most of her fans were super. Yeah, you should go do that, Taylor. And so she became a pop artist and look at her now. She's huge. That's kind of ironic. One of. Yeah, yeah. Look yeah, that was now. pretty amazing. Because that transition from country to pop and I thought wow that was really daring yeah but I do believe if you're gonna want to be a part of the music industry you've got to know who you want to be and what music you want to sing so that you can like show that to your audience and use that as your guideline as you work through the music industry well you've moved from New Jersey to Utah so you're moving a little farther west do you think it's going to be important at some point to live in Los Angeles or Nashville or some major music center? I don't think so for me. Because nowadays everything is computerized. So you can, if you have a microphone and a studio set up, you can record from your basement. But I do believe it is very important to be near a musical city. Because we lived in New Jersey, so we could go to New York or Nashville. And now that we live in Utah, we're closer to the L.A. scene, which is growing musically. So it, I think it's, it's very important and very nice to be near a musically inclined city like Nashville or New York or L.A. But I don't think it's very important to live there. Mm -hmm. And at what point do you think you'll be open to touring you know, much farther or longer tour dates or even touring out of the country? I, I'm hoping sometime soon. I had a very positive and uplifting experience on the Boys of Summer Tour, and that was only five. Like, after five, I was like, oh, no, we should do more. But it is very taxing vocally to sing every other day for, like, weeks at a time. So I guess I have to wait till my voice is, is ready and prepared to do that. But I'm hoping it'll be sometime soon. What are the challenges uh, of someone your age starting so powerfully so young? Like, like are, do you have any fears uh, of, of using your voice so powerfully at, at this age? No, because there is a like there's a technical way to use your voice that maintains it and helps it so like you could my vocal teacher taught me that if you scream you're only going to be able to scream for a minute but if you sing in the right like tone you could stay with that tone and hold it for weeks at a time so it all depends on how you're going to push your voice vocally there are some times where adding like 
a growl or something that isn't technically like good for your voice. It's not bad. It just doesn't it doesn't help maintain. It is it adds to the performance, but you gotta be careful on how much you use it and where you use it so that it you protect and maintain your voice. So I don't I'm not scared for anything because I feel like I am using my voice healthily. So I think I'm mm-hmm. I don't have anything to worry about. Nice. So when you're not recording or performing, is there anything special you do to protect your voice? Like when you're with friends, do you like not shout a lot or, you know, if you're on a roller coaster, you don't scream at the top of your lungs? Yes, that is a big one. Don't, if you go on a roller coaster, I love roller coasters. They're my favorite. You can't scream very loud. You can whoop and you can go, yeah, but you can't scream because my, my vocal teacher had a student who went on a roller coaster and she screamed so loud that she broke her vocal cords. She healed, they healed up fine and she was like perfectly well and she could sing great afterwards. But it's stuff like that where like, you don't want to take the unnecessary risk. You can still have fun on a roller coaster without screaming. So yes, I, I don't scream on roller coasters. I try this hard because as a, as a 15 year old kid, there are times where you want to like scream or whoop and stuff, but you gotta, I've got to remember that. I got to protect my voice. So I do try to not scream as much. And I drink lots of tea. It is slightly a problem, the amount of tea I drink. But I drink lots of warm liquids. And I try my hardest to warm up before I sing to help prepare my voice for the song. Well, it sounds like early on, you know, you've made sacrifices. And that, you know, you have friends your age, but, you know, there's something a little bit different. Maybe if if some of your friends are athletes, do you think they maybe understand a little more what you go through? Yeah, I think. I think most people understand, because if you think about it. It's like if you're a violinist, you wouldn't go around smacking your violin on everything, right? You would keep it in your case, you'd keep it protected. So it's it's sort of like thinking about how your voice is your instrument. You just have to use it daily. I also learned sign language to help with that so I can go on vocal rest. And also because we have a little girl that lived with us who was deaf. And so it was amazing getting to communicate with her. But they're just, I think people understand. They understand that your voice is your instrument and you have to protect it. Sure. Well, what are your plans to promote Boys in Jersey? Um, we are actually going on the like social media route. I started TikTok, and I've been doing lots of TikToks to Boys in Jersey, and a lot of other people have been doing TikToks to Boys in Jersey, which is super exciting. And I think a lot of music nowadays is coming off of TikTok or Instagram or all of the social media they use it like to help push their songs so we're trying to do that to push boys in jersey which is actually it's been fun it is it, i don't think people understand how how much time it takes to make a video and add the like captions and like 
it's it's very time consuming, but it can be fun. Mm -hmm. Well, before summer is over, is there any venue or like any festival you'd like to perform at? Ooh, that is a good question. I don't think so. I haven't looked into any summer festivals or stuff, but I don't believe there's anything. I'm trying to prepare myself for for school and for some new songs that are going to be released. So I don't think there's anything that I'm really excited or looking forward to li performing live-wise, but if my manager does come up to me with a, hey, do you want to perform at this venue? I'd totally be up to do it. Well, what's it like to go back to school in the fall and they say, oh, what did you do this summer? They go, oh, I've got a song video. It is a little, a little weird. People, I, they're like, so what did you do this summer? And I'm like, I went on tour and uh, released a new song. And people are like, oh, okay, that's really impressive. And it's, you it's so awkward introducing it because you can take like one of two routes you can be the I just released a song you should go see it it's really and you could do the oh, well you know I did this and it, it, there's no like like humble way to introduce your song mm -hmm. are you so, glad that your parents are still keeping you in school because some people would you know, you'd be totally either tutored or homeschooled, so you could just concentrate on the career. Are you glad there is still that element that you get to be just a regular kid and be, you know, a student? I think some part of me is, but the other part of me does not like school. So I, I think they are very smart because they chose a school that records their classes online. So if I do go out to L.A. to record a song for two weeks, I can watch the classes after I'm done for the day writing. So they're very nice. smart. Your... Sorry, continue. Well, that, that's good. That's good because, you know, this is your kind of last chance to have that uh, high school experience. Yes, it is. So what's your best subject in school? My best subject? Um... I don't know. Actually, I do have all, my grades are all pretty consistent in most of my classes. The one that I enjoy the most, it is the most taxing and can sometimes be the most boring. But I think one of my best is English because it's all like mm -hmm. storytelling and writing. And so it's very, oh, I can do that. I write songs. Why can't I write a story? That's a, that, Well, if you're going to have a favorite or a best one, that's definitely relatable to your songwriting. So how about how about your worst? What, what's the most challenging subject for you? My most challenging has got to be math. I don't like math. Oh. I haven't liked math since a very young age. And so I don't think it's because I'm bad at it. I just don't like it. So I refuse to admit that I can actually do it. <laughs> so I'm just like, I hate math and I'm so bad at it. 
my mom has to like continually remind me you're not bad at it you just don't want to do it well sometimes it's good to know what you don't like either so you can concentrate on what you like and then you can just you know hire people to do your accounting for you when <laughs> exactly. all the royalties come in for your music uh, yes won't, exactly. won't that be great so when you hit it big and have your first gold album what's the one thing you want to treat yourself to um i don't think i would treat myself to something well sushi actually i would go and i'd get sushi and then i i don't understand i don't I don't think I need, well, I don't need the money that I would get from albums or performances. So I would love to give it all away to charity after, of course, I get some sushi. Very nice. We got at least, you know, I like the food angle. <laughs> That'd be a great treat. Your your favorite restaurant, may, maybe treat your mom and dad to a nice sushi dinner. Yes, exactly. I I owe my parents a lot, so... I'll just treat them to tons of sushi. I think they would appreciate that very much. So, uh, well, before we, we sign off, um, where do you like to hang out on social media and where should fans, you know, find your videos? Well, I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Kirsty.long. My name is spelled a little funky. It's spelled K-J-E-R-S-T-I. And you can find my music on all streaming platforms, Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you go to listen to music. I should be there. And I've got a YouTube channel, which has some kind of old videos of me performing live and has my music videos on there, too. It's Kirsty Long. Excellent. So wrap up, give you the last word here. This great song, Boys in Jersey, you know, showing off a fun the music side of you uh, what would you hope that say young women your age you know they're thinking oh this whole dating thing it's too much too fast what's your advice to them at that age of either um, it's okay to wait you know uh, the boys will get more mature you know what's your advice to, to young women your age on on the dating scene I agree with the two things that you just said, that it is okay to wait. If you don't want to date, if you feel like it's too much for you, you can focus on other things. You can wait. I also believe that hopefully the boys will get more mature. So if you wait, you will probably have a better chance of finding someone that you enjoy and want to spend your life with. I also think that you don't have to choose right now you can decide later on in your life and i'm not i'm not old enough to date so like with my parents and my like moral standards so i don't know about dating but i would think that you need to have your morals and your goals and you need to make sure that whoever you're dating doesn't cross that line Excellent. And and in the meantime, you can be inspired by Leo and Kate. Exactly. <laughs> and hopefully someday you'll be able to see Titanic. Hopefully. <laughs> well, her name
Her name is Kirsty Long. The current single in is Boys in Jersey. Uh, I encourage everyone to not only watch that video, but to watch the past releases, especially Eleanor Rigby. Really see the range. I, I think you have such an amazing voice and such a promising career ahead of you. I'm so glad this is the second time I've got to talk to you. And on the third time, hopefully next year, I'll, I'll hear even more development in your career. Thank you so much, Kelly. All right. Take care, Kirsty.